This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, July 13th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. It's always fun to find a fact that confounds a convenient narrative. For conservatives who are skeptical of both increasing immigration and unions, what if it turned out that immigration put downward pressure on unionization rates? Cato's Alex Narasta says during a decades-long period in recent American history, that's exactly what happened. Among the many complaints we hear about immigrants' impact on the United States of America, one is uh, related to unions, and uh, you sort of poke a hole in that. Could you just basically detail that? My colleagues and co-authors and I, we took a look at the impact that immigration has on unionization in the United States since 1980. And this is a field that has not been intensively researched by academics or other policy analysts. So we used a method developed by George Borjas at Harvard that he developed to understand how immigrants impact the wages of Americans. And we basically took the same method that he used to instead looking at wages, we looked at unionization rates. And we found that immigration from 1980 to 2020 uh, is responsible for uh, an almost uh, 6% percentage point decline in unionization in the United States, which accounts for about 30% of the overall decline in union density during that time period. And the effect is that a one percentage point increase in the immigrant share of uh, workers Uh, corresponds to about half a percentage point decrease in the unionization. So to jump right to the politics here, for people who are critical of immigration or uh, outright opposed to greater immigration to the United States, what should this tell them? Well, this should tell them, because most of those folks who are skeptical of the benefits of immigration are on the political right or conservatives or Republicans, who also have a historical antipathy to unions in the United States. So what's interesting is this kind of mixes things up a bit. Uh, One of the Twitter economists who follows me tweeted out that this study is something that should confuse everybody's politics because conservatives are more skeptical of immigration, but also of unions. And then my left-wing followers are more supportive of immigration, but love unions. And this is sort of a piece that goes into the middle of it. And I guess we're going to find out whether um, Republicans um, like unions or close borders more uh, when it comes to this. I mean, this has been a historical interest to the Republican Party going back over a century, is skepticism of unions and labor unions and their deleterious impact in the United States. And it turns out historically, at least going back to 1980, we couldn't get earlier data on this, but going back to 1980, uh, immigration can explain a large share of the decrease in unionization in the United States. So what I'm curious about is, uh, you know, whether my conservative friends, uh, where they come down on this, whether they think this is an acceptable means to reduce unionization that they dislike, uh, or whether they're willing to take, um, you know, more unionization in the future at the cost of reducing immigration. And this is in line with a lot of other uh, impacts of immigration being either understated or overstated. And uh, Republicans generally, at least in conversations that I've had, seem largely immune to that and, and sort of fall back on, well, as long as they do it legally, which of course, as you've pointed out many, many times, 
doing it legally is uh, a Kafkaesque nightmare. It is a Kafkaesque nightmare, but I think this this is an interesting point because I think a lot of the uh, criticisms that um, my Republican friends have about this is they worry that immigrants are going to come in, they're going to vote Democratic forever. It's going to help their political opponents. It's going to help the left politically. And this is sort of brought part of a larger project that I've been involved in, which is looking at the political and policy impacts of uh, immigration in the United States. And part of the reason why we've seen you know, more increases in economic freedom when the borders are a little bit more uh, liberal, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more open, not of course, open borders, but a little bit more open and less regulated is, uh, more increases in economic freedom and a lot of the issues that conservatives care about. And what I think this is sort of the first step in this prod or one of the middle steps in this project where I want to show that the reason why we get a lot of these better policy outcomes with more open immigration is that immigrants undermine labor unions because labor unions are the strongest and oftentimes largest political interest groups in the United States that lobby for a larger welfare state and more regulation and more state control uh, over the economy. So indirectly, by weakening labor unions, uh, immigrants weaken some of the top progressive institutions that argue for more government control of the economy. And unions themselves... uh have their own sort of deadweight losses to the economy. Yeah, there's tons of inefficiencies from unions, right? Like I think in a total free market, workers should of course be free uh, to join unions, but we don't have a free market right now in the labor law space. Uh, the government has its thumb on the scales in favor of unionization uh, across the United States. Um, that's lessened somewhat in the last um, several decades, but the thumb on the scale is very much in favor of unionization when it comes to government laws. Um, but I do think it's likely that in a free market, in this sense, unionization would be much less than it is currently. Now, one of the un- uh, one of the nuances I found in my paper is that this decline in unionization is entirely in private sector unions. It is no effect on government unions, which are now um, coming out to be the largest unions um, in the United States. And I think that makes a lot of sense, given how the government... Uh, employs people and the unionization rules and comparing that to the private sector because there is a, you know, private sector firms, if they're overly unionized and the unions uh, make unreasonable demands, it puts downward pressure on the profits of private enterprises. And I think we're seeing some of that um, in the literature. Our colleague Dan Griswold uh, long ago said something to the effect of, if you scratch the surface of uh, the people who say, I only want to prevent illegal immigration, you'll find that uh, the vast majority of those people don't much care for immigration of any sort. Um, and so I wonder, how much data do you have to produce before people start to change their minds who are sort of dug in on that side? Well, I think, um, I mean, I agree with Dan Griswold in part, and I, I disagree in part. What I think people are really upset about is the chaos and the perceptions of chaos of illegal immigration. You know, they see pictures of the border. Uh, it's disorderly. It's chaotic. Um, the government doesn't have control over it. And, and that's sort of my reaction to it. The only difference is a lot of people react to that chaos with they want to, they want to clamp down. They want more enforcement. My reaction is, well, we need to make it easier to come here legally, uh, right? So I, I think you're right about ideologues, and Dan, De- Dan Griswold definitely right about ideologues on this. 
But I, I do think what people probably mean when they say they're against illegal immigration, they're against the chaos and the disorder of the system. But what they don't say or realize is that, that disorder is caused by the immigration restrictions that they then want to enforce more harshly in a misguided attempt to reduce the chaos. Alex DeRasta directs economic and social policy studies at the Cato Institute. Please give a rating to the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.